0: Good morning. Welcome back to another episode of Breakdowns for Breakfast. I am your host, Danger, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Monster. Say hi, Monster. Hello, everybody. Good morning. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking one of probably the greatest skippable albums (laughs) of all time, Half Moon Run, their album, Dark Eyes. If you haven't heard it, I, I recommend it at least... At least parts of it. We'll talk about those parts. But monster, please tell me what you knew about this band, what you knew about this album. Just tell tell me something. So, let me start
1: off by saying I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, man. Did I what I? I don't know what I said. I don't know what I did. But I am since I apologize sincerely. I did not mean to piss you off. All I can think is you're mad at me for some reason, and that's why you made me listen to this. <laughs> not not to show my cards up front, but God, I hate almost everything about this one. <laughs> okay, Okay, so when you said the name of the band, I got excited because I had never heard of them before, and I love when I get to experience something fresh, brand new, not a clue what to expect. But as soon as I Googled them and saw what they looked like, I went, "Oh shit, I have a, I have a pretty good idea what this is going to sound like. So, and then when I, go and then when I started the song, the first song on the album, I just, oh God, right. Like, oh, I had chest pains. I was sweating. I was so upset. Like, just. I am really, really oh. glad
0: that I can bring you something that gives you such great Not anxiety. uh, (laughs) I'm just glad I could bring you something that gives you such a response. And, you know, you think about me throughout your week (laughs) when I'm not around. And it's all because of something I brought to you. I've said on this show
1: before possibly my two least favorite genres of music are this album (laughs) the faux, folk, pop, rock stuff and Sad Boy Emo. And if this isn't those two things, to the nth degree, like, you know, we talked about this wildlife, and I could at least appreciate, you know, some of the the lighter moments and stuff. And, you know, you telling me about the guys and their their music videos and stuff gave a a little bit of a lighter arc to it. I don't know anything about these guys. I just know the depressing shit that's on this album. So, uh, yeah. Not not a huge fan.
0: <laughs> okay, so I'll give you a little bit of background on this band. They're from Canada.
1: Yes, I knew that. <laughs> um, which it, does does no favors for the way I view their country.
0: So they're they're from Canada and they have not or they did not know each other before recording this album. They actually got together off of a Craigslist ad. So they were really just getting to know each other when this all got together and I actually found them because of that fact, because when Pearl Jam recorded their first album, 10, they did not know Eddie Vedder very well. Eddie Vedder was from the, uh, well, originally from the Chicago area, but at the time he was from the San Francisco area. And then they brought him up to Seattle after sending him a demo tape. And yeah, so I like it when a band doesn't really know each other and creates a, creates an album. And then, of course, in Pearl Jam's uh, situation, they created a much better album and went on to much bigger success. So, so
1: I would assume the guys got together, didn't really know each other very well, and threw this together and said, wow, we're a terrible band. We should probably
0: stop. No, I'm sure they're not still around putting out albums today. <laughs> no, what, what they said was, wow, this is enough for us to make at least four more and so, yes, yeah, well, they are still together today. Yeah
1: when you when you told me to check them out, I I looked at Spotify and realized they had an album come out
0: this year. Yeah, just a few months ago. So yeah, yep. they're still alive and kicking. Yes, they are. Uh, they had a album come out and uh, come out this year. Oh, they had two? No, excuse me. They had an album come out this year, and then they did kind of the uh, release a uh, couple singles and you know yeah. eps and stuff and then they released a, a four track ep this year as well so yep yeah, i do know they are still together those damn so, canadians so so let me say two things first is a
1: statement second is a question okay when i hear music like this with a focus on acoustic guitar very low-key drums you know lot of harmonica mandolin banjos that kind of stuff i picture lyrics about horses and adventures (laughs) and like neil young stuff but instead it's always like modern problems like relationships and drug abuse problems and it's like i guess you think about what you know and what's on your heart but the music and the lyrics don't necessarily work together on a lot of this stuff for me. So so my question is piggybacking off of that, when you are a fan of a particular genre, this, like for example, I love new metal, and Mm -hmm. you it's not one of your favorites. You love kind of this genre a little bit more than I do. What are the characteristics that you listen for that separate them like what is the nuance differentials that like because to me you play this back to back with mumford and sons and the lumineers and american authors and stuff i i don't know like what's the difference like what what are what are the things that i should be picking up on here
0: okay so first i want to answer what answer your statement not your question (laughs) but Enough. respond to your, your statements, put it that way. So, the days of John Wayne country are gone. Just get over it. I need Bring you, it back. I need you to go to Lowe's or Home Depot or whatever hardware store is closest to you, buy a hammer and build a bridge and get over it. Because...
1: If you're going to play music like this, the least you could do is sing lyrics like that.
0: <laughs> so, the thing about bands like this is... Musically, they're intricate and they've got a lot going on and I appreciate those parts of it. But more often than not, bands like this end up pulling so many references from so many places to the point to where they copy them. And it's stuff that was actually done better at a certain time. And so what they do is they come in with wanting to uh, be inspired by but end up emulating these bands that were better than them or better at doing something, or at pioneering this sound and all. And then they come in with the talent that they have. Now, I do not think that this could be played alongside Mumford & Sons, and part of that goes to my uh, dislike of Mumford & Sons, except for the video for um, I Will Wait, which was actually not done by Mumford & Sons. It was actually done by Will Forte, uh, Ed Helms, and And it's like, it was a... Uh, it was a, it, It's a hilarious music video, and they put it together. They did it because they liked Mumford & Sons so much, and then they sent to Mumford and & Sons, and they were like, yeah, we're going to use this as our video, and well, I appreciate okay.
1: that. So, okay, so with that being said, why do you like this better than Mumford & Sons? Because to my layman, un-understanding ears to this genre, I don't see what the big, discrepancy between the two is
0: okay so the mumford and Sons stuff really comes off more as the 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 fake folky country bs and it all sounds the same and tiring and what i will say as is, is that and i'm going to in your words show Mark cards early this album ends up becoming tiring and repetitive And then they end up throwing something in that doesn't match anything else at a certain point and doesn't actually work for them, but it does somehow. I don't know. So what I appreciate about this type of music is uh, that people like you don't belong here.
1: No, absolutely not. No,
0: No. I'm I'm kidding. Uh, No, I, I think this is for anybody that likes it. And if you don't like it, that's fine. It's the person's prerogative. But... You know, albums like this, music like this, seems to take a little bit more risk in certain directions than other things, other genres are willing to do. And it works. It doesn't work. It, it kind of depends on the band and how they go about it. Now, the fact that these guys didn't know each other, I think actually lended a lot to... And, and they don't really know each other outside of working relationships. And I think that that's a good thing to do because you don't end up developing these, you know, these these deep relationships that end up affecting the music. Whereas with other bands, they do. And you can kind of hear the same sounds, but then they end up changing the sound throughout their career. I haven't listened to their newest stuff, and I have no interest in it anymore. But it works and it doesn't work. I don't know. So I don't want to be this guy because I'm not.
1: I swear I'm not. But approaching it from a musician's standpoint, I just I have to disagree with with a lot of what you're saying, because from a musician standpoint, this is pretty basic stuff. OK, you see, no... that's
0: one of the reasons why I want to talk about it with you, because, yeah, I'm not a musician. I just listen to a lot of music yeah. and I wanted to hear what I felt like was a, an album that really kind of pushed things in a certain direction as far as musicianship.
1: So there's nothing that's not 4-4 rhythmically. Everything is the same beat from start to finish, just at different tempos. If if it has a beat, so several of the songs have very little drum at all. Right. The chord progressions are fairly stock and generic. There's a couple of moments that are a little off kilter. I will say they have a tendency to add these dissonant notes that sometimes work sometimes they feel out of place like they're almost like put in there kind of forcibly i do think they have good harmonies but i don't think they lean into it enough i feel like they they show that they can do it and then just kind of gloss over it but no like a lot of the songs are very like they're just a couple of really simple chords the lead lines are are easy to to play along to, which sometimes can be good, but I don't know. Just it it feels boring. Like uh, like these guys are obviously talented and they know how to play their instruments well, but the songs that they have crafted here, I just don't think do much. they, they, they it doesn't. There's nothing in these songs to me that make them stand above the pack of their peers which is why I asked, you know, what separates this from Mumford and Sons and the Lumineers? Cause to me, it all sounds very similar. And to me, this is just right in the middle. It's not better or worse. It's just another one like that.
0: See Mumford and Sons to me, the songs all have the same rhythm, the same, like it, it's almost like a formulaic thing for a Mumford and Sons song. Same thing for Lumineers. And I don't, I don't like that although you know things did get a little formulaic at a certain point in in metalcore that i been getting tired with so
1: this is coming from the guy who wants to do deep dives on C tier level new metal bands I am nobody like I, I am definitely you know showing my ignorance by repeating Mumford and Sons and Lumineers because I don't know too many more than those couple of top a-list bands but just for me at least with the new metal stuff nine times out of ten it's bouncy and upbeat and yeah the lyrics can be a little bit dark and depressing but they're presented you know rapped and screamed and like in sort of a quote-unquote fun way so i it's just easier to my ears whereas something like this is just like Oh, it just, it's a slog.
0: (laughs) And I know that, you know, we've done uh, episodes on like Memphis May Fire and then Chronic Futures before this, which the first half of the album was, was great. And it was bouncy and it was fun. It was reggae beach music. And this is not. (laughs) And no, no, it is not. And so I, I'm going to put it out that I actually feel very similar to this album that you do about the Chronic Future album, that the first half of this album is great. And now the thing is, is that when I found this album 10 years ago, I found it right after it came out. I don't know how I stumbled into it that fast after it came out. Like I know where I was, like I was talking about trying to find bands that didn't really know each other very well before recording, but I don't know how I just kind of timed it in with that. But regardless, I loved the entire thing when I first found it. And then I haven't listened to it in I don't know how long, until we decided to do it for this. Until I brought it to you for this, and I started listening to it again, and I was like, I don't I don't like this anymore. This just- <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and so and and I've I've been thinking about that too with some of my picks that I want to pull out, uh, you know, moving forward. And there's been a couple of times where I've thought about maybe we should do this album, and then I'm like, I don't remember. Like I remember the name of the album. I remember I liked it, but I can't tell you a single song off of it and then I go back and listen to it instead I should just go ahead and pick said album and then when it comes time to do it then listen to it and just hey we're there now we have
0: to deal with it (laughs) see that sounds kind of like where I was with this because it was like oh yeah I like this one we should do this one and then I should listen to it and then it's like Yesterday I was like maybe we shouldn't do this one, but we're too far in at this point. I can't tell him not to.
1: No, no. And I wanted to talk to you about this. I, I'm sure. I ready.
0: So, so all together on this album, I probably like about five, four to five tracks, and that's you know, and some of those, they're fine at best. I just think they're better than the rest of the album. Now, let's go ahead and just jump into the album. Let's talk about that first track, "Full Circle."
2: Turns full circle.
0: Now, "Full Circle" is the uh, is the song, the track that grabbed me for this album, the one that I still actually really enjoy, and I can hear how you don't, but. It is a slow burn, but I really like his, you know, his vocal performance on it. I like his voice on it. It's very different. I I like it, but this song is a slow burn that explodes into nothing, kind of like the Cuban Missile Crisis <laughs> exploded into nothing. Like nothing actually happened, and no violence actually happened. So two genres of music start with
1: that particular acoustic guitar sound, metal and indie rock. And I remember looking at the picture of what these guys looked like, but when this song started and I heard that little acoustic guitar, I was thinking master of puppets shadows fall. I was thinking like, wait a minute, could we possibly have something interesting? No, we're right back in indie rock folk pop bullshit town. No dude. Like I, I it's fine. I like that. It's at least a little bit upbeat. Um, And and here's a good example of what I said earlier. There's a little bit of this vocal harmonization going on here that gave me real like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young vibe. Like really nice three-part harmony.
0: Well, Young wasn't part of it, If it was a three-part harmony. (laughs)
1: Oh, shut up. You know what I mean. But other than this song, you really don't hear that. And that's, again, like it's almost like, hey, we're really good at this thing, but that would make us stand out. So
0: let's not do it too much. Like I don't know. I'm going to disagree with you. I hear them doing harmony all over this album.
1: Yeah, but not the way it's done on this song. This song is done very like 60s 70s. I don't know. This the the mix of the vocal on this one is different. I can't I can't quite put my finger on it cuz I'm not an engineer, but it is it's it's one of those vocal harmonies again I bring up, you know, Crosby Stills whatever because you could hear each individual voice, but it's still one cohesive voice. Right. Whereas later it's just, it sounds like two, three guys singing together. This sounds special.
0: And I, that might be why I like this song the best off the album, because they do that more here. And now I do know that this song actually made it into a couple different places, commercials for video games and whatnot. But I think it's because this is the standout track for the album. Now, I will say on other parts of the album, I do think that they they harmonize a lot more, but they mm-hmm. only do it on a word or two here and there, or they'll do it on like a a single line, but they don't do it right. for a section. So, yeah, I, I'll I'll get with yeah. you on that. But I do think that they do harmonize all throughout this album, but they don't use that as a strength. They use it as like if. If if a kid was highlighting in a in a book, <laughs> like it's just like a little and, a word or whatever.
1: And so when this first song started, I thought to myself, "What I asked you earlier, what makes these guys different?" And I thought, "Wow, if they're going to have vocals like that, that will make these guys stand out." So they just don't do it. I I don't know. Like I that was the one part of this song that I genuinely liked, and I felt like they just. I don't know. Like that was a tool they could have used more frequently throughout the
0: album. But the tool they used more frequently is this song. I don't know if you've ever listened to fleet foxes, but it's like they, where they weren't doing that kind of stuff, they were leaning it, leaning into fleet fox territory. And, you know, I liked fleet foxes when I first found this album. And so I was kind of like, "It's fine, we're going with it." And now I listen to it, I'm like, "No, you're just copying another band. Like you're just." So copying. I'm
1: assuming. So I'm assuming Fleet Foxes is another band that would slot in nicely with Mumford and Sons and the Lumineers, but you would give me some long-winded explanation for how they're
0: not the same. See, Fleet Foxes is, is closer <laughs> to this band than this band is to Mumford & Sons and Lumineers and I really want you to pick two other bands besides Fleet. uh, uh, they're all I know they're (laughs) all I know and
1: and I appreciate you giving me the differentiation there I now know not to listen to Fleet Foxes so we got that (laughs) checked off so moving on to the
0: second song spoiler alert we're doing a Fleet Foxes album (laughs) next week
1: (laughs) so track two call me in the afternoon (laughs)
2: <laughs> Take one if you need it,
1: But you really be out you feel Take I have an honest year. question for you
0: Okay Do
1: you think the drummer knows that drumsticks exist? <laughs> because at this point, all I'm hearing are brushes And okay. it's like, wait, I'm waiting for a drum beat and all I'm hearing is
0: So I I will say that this album showed me that brushes can be used more than just like a slow, like jazz room rhythm sort of deal. Like, I don't think you're supposed to use brushes in the way that this guy does. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes through so many in a tour (laughs) because, you know, I'm, I'm sure he just beats the hell out of them. But what I do appreciate is that it's almost like the drums and the cymbals and the guitar all work together for this entire track along with a barroom piano. <laughs> and- okay, and so that's what I will say.
1: These first two songs, they're not my cup of tea, but I appreciate the fact that they're at least a little bit upbeat. The you're right there's in this song you got the barroom piano that kind of comes clunking in. Mm-hmm. The drums on this one, you say they all kind of work together. To me, they sound kind of loose. It doesn't sound real tight and concise, but it doesn't sound bad. But again, I'm hearing this song that sounds like the Old West where people are playing poker and we're getting ready to have a shootout, and he's, the best that I can tell, it sounds like he's singing about substance abuse. And it's like, that's fine. That's fine. But... That's not what I feel. Like, I feel like the
0: lyrics and the music aren't matching. You wanted your John Wayne country. And so here it is: barroom, piano, shootout, whiskey drinking, you know, yeah, like but, but taking like, a maiden upstairs to, you know, do the thing. Yeah, no, you wanted that. And now here you got it. And you're still complaining?
1: But no, I'm not getting it. That's the problem. Like, I'm getting how that's like it's it's not good like i want the part where we talk about the guy rolled in stole the the damsel in distress shot back four shots of whiskey and shot up the place like I, i want it to be triumphant not a downer
0: i'm i'm sorry i mean do you also really want to roll up your window in your car again do you want these things? Do you want to wear your, uh, your shoes with a pump on the tongue so you can pump them up before you go run faster than all the other kids on the playground? <laughs> I mean, what I, I can only give you so much here, especially since this isn't my, my album. <laughs> <laughs> when you write your indie folk pop record,
1: which clearly you could, <laughs> I-, I expect better
0: lyrics. I'll let you know when it's coming out. It's, not gonna happen anytime soon because i'm very carefully i'm writing it about as fast as this album moves
1: well you let me know when you're ready and i can play the same four chords at different four four rhythms behind you the entire
0: time no and i'm sure i can hang around on a piano enough to make it work i don't want you to play the same four chords i don't want you to if i anything i'm gonna give you two Just a major and a minor back and forth. You got everything you need. No, just major. It's major and major the entire time.
1: (laughs) I have nothing else to say about this song. I have a lot to say about the next song. So let me know when you're ready.
0: (laughs) So, the first two tracks on this album are are great songs. I really enjoy them. But I understand what you're saying about the lyrics don't match the sound of the music. But the thing about it is, the first song. It's really his voice. And a little bit of the music. And on this one, it's kind of switched back. And that's why I like the first two tracks of this album so much. And I can listen to the first two tracks of this album pretty much anytime. time. Most of this album I have to be in a mood for. You know, I've got to be in a certain mood. And most of it I'm not going to listen to.
1: Okay, so let me say that too. I, am, I, I will say that the mood I was in 100% affected how I consumed this album. Because when I was in a better mood, I could at least like pick out the stuff I did like and have a little bit of fun with it. but when I was yeah, I've been sick for the past few days, and when I wasn't feeling well and I was trying to listen to this album, I was like, "Good God, kill me like i this is just awful so i and and I will say that the first two songs at least i I will agree. Great is a strong word. They're fine. Like I don't have anything against them. They're not songs that I would go out to listen to on a like on my own, but I don't mind them. Can we please talk about track 3, No More Losing the War?
2: Go the, lantern, the screen from the Pictures at 7.
0: So I will say that's one of the reasons why I make a point to listen to any album that we're talking about in different situations, driving, Same. cooking, in the background, because that stuff all puts me in a different mood, different mindset. And so I get a better picture of where this album actually should exist sort of thing. So, yeah. all right, the next track, No More Losing the War.
2: She used to lose pageants pick up the lantern.
0: You have been okay. foaming at the mouth like a rabid dog to talk about this song. So please tell me what you think about this song.
1: The lyrics are bullshit. All of it is stupid, so let me fix it for you. Close your eyes. Picture an Aragon style warrior sitting in the back of a mid like you know medieval times pub with a with a big chalice of mead just covered in scars and 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 bleeding he's sitting there taking deep breaths trying to recover from the journey he just went through and as he's reminiscing this song plays as you get cuts of him on the side of a snowy mountain of him trying to find shelter in a cave, of him trying to survive the elements on his way to rescue his long-lost love, who I, I assume is named Karen. According to the song, she's named Karen. Karen. And I can enjoy this song. Outside of that, good God, I hate this song.
0: <laughs> okay, so I do want to say to our listeners that the mental picture that Monster just painted is a good mental picture, but don't do that while you're driving, considering he started it with Close Your Eyes.
1: <laughs> I often do start with Close Your Eyes, and yes, but rule of thumb, if you're driving, skip that step and go on to the next one. Yeah. No, this song is like the the absolute definition of music I don't like. The, the guitar is like dissonant and uncomfortable, but not in an interesting way. It's in a very slow melodic, like, uh like it's in a slow, non-interesting, non-melodic way. It just doesn't work for me. And then the lyrics, the 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 delivery is slow and morose and he sounds half asleep. Except for one time he screeches the name Karen. Karen. And it doesn't matter what mood I'm in. It freaks me out and I hate it. Because the whole song, it feels like it goes on for 24 minutes, and I know it's shorter than that.
0: It's 3 minutes 57 seconds.
1: (laughs) It feels twice as long. It's just like one level. The guitar and his vocals are just on one level, and it's kind of like this, and you're just kind of there. And then out of nowhere, and I I don't get it. It reminded me of Ozzy Osbourne screaming Sharon on, on the Osbourne show. I just, I hate it.
0: I hate it. Okay, so... This is your favorite song on the album, right? No. <laughs> okay, good. So, the screams of Karen that you just did and the scream of Sharon that Ozzy does are different than the scream of Karen at this. But, yes, the song is slow and moody. But I do enjoy the finger-picking of the guitar. But the tone of the guitar, I'm not too crazy about. But this is one of the places where I really felt like... They listen to a lot. The vocalists listen to a lot of Jeff Buckley and tried to model every part of his vocals in the song about it, except for the Karen that wakes you up. If you fell asleep during the first part of the song.
1: Like, I think they're even like cognizant of the fact that, Hey, this is slow and boring. We probably lost half the audience. I know scream real loud for no good reason. Like it doesn't. Ugh,
0: oh, I don't like it. But see, like if he had kept his vocals up at that level after that, I can justify the you know the increase there, but he doesn't. He goes up and comes right back down. He doesn't stay at that volume. He doesn't stay up in that area. If the other instruments had come up to meet him there, that would have been cool, would have been a great move, but it goes right back into the same thing that it was doing before, the same volume, the same mood, everything, and it didn't do anything to progress the song at all. It was an unneeded spike in tone, basically. It
1: sounds like forced emotional resonance. It sounds like he's trying to force you to believe he's guilt stricken or overcome with emotion, and it just sounds... I don't know. It does like I, I. I don't like it.
0: So I can tell you this song was actually written about the lead singer had a girlfriend that they were just arguing all the time and they were just committed to staying together. And then they kind of sat down one day and just had a talk like this isn't really working like I love you. I don't hate you at all. I wish you the best, but you are not a person I could be with. And so it's kind of like a no more losing the war with each other. Let's lose it independently if we're going to lose it at all. But, you know. Her name is Karen, obviously. and Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Karen. 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 So I get why the song has that feeling because it's not a good feeling to have that conversation, to look at somebody that you love through and through and go, we're done. This isn't working. We need to move on. But... I don't need that same feeling the entire time because just as we talked about in the Radiohead episode and the exit music for a movie, uh, where yeah. where it has that same feeling until a certain point and then it, you know, it goes up. I feel like this song is about a breakup, so give me the part of the breakup where it's over and you are moving on. Suddenly, you have. You know, transformed, you've changed into a new part of your life, but you don't. You give me a spike in volume and then you go right back into the same mood. And so it's no surprise to me that you broke up with this girl and you went back into being a sad sack and wrote a song like this.
1: Yeah. I, if I was Karen, I think she's, she's, I, I I would be thankful to be away from this guy (laughs) i'm on karen's side she might have been an absolute nightmare of a girlfriend but i'm on her side because i this
0: guy sounds like a nightmare as well (laughs) i might just start calling you karen i don't know we'll see i've been called worse yeah that's true all right let's talk about track four she wants to know Now, this is a song that I really like on this album. Me too. Okay, cool. Why do you like this song and hate
1: every other thing here? Because it sounds like Ed Sheeran and John
0: Carpenter wrote a pop song. (laughs) Okay. Maybe that's why I didn't get either one of those, but maybe that's why I like this song (laughs) as well.
1: I like this one and one more coming up. And I hate to be this way, but it doesn't sound like anything else on the album. Right, I like this song because it sounds like a modern pop song with some weird dissonant notes and an interesting mix, and it actually has a unique sound to it. Because you want me to keep bringing them up, Mumford and & Sons and the Lumineers, like this song doesn't sound like them. This song like, sounds like its own band. It does. So I, I like this one. I thought okay. this one was interesting.
0: It took a minute and 20 seconds to get to a a peak. They did not stay up for long. And then they dropped back down and then they spent the rest of the the song kind of doing the same deal. But the drums don't create the rhythm. His voice does it, Mm -hmm. you know, and it does have that one piano key the entire time. And it does not get old for some reason. Like, it's just like, it's almost like, because you quit hearing at a certain point, you kind of forget that it's there. And then you're reminded of it and you're like, okay, that's fine. But I really like this song because I feel like this was one that mixed the album up a bit. After we talked about Karen for three minutes and fifty-seven seconds. We Are went you in, sure
1: it's not longer.
0: No, it's three minutes fifty-seven seconds. Oh, I, I could have I, swore I, it was twelve minutes. I played it, I have the the note here, it that that's what it is. No. No, you you felt like it was a lifetime, but it was only three minutes fifty-seven seconds. So, now, how many times you died and woke up during that time is a different thing altogether. But we're talking about She Wants to Know. Okay, so
1: with this one, you you mentioned that you didn't hear either Ed Sheeran or John Carpenter. But to your point about the the rhythm of his vocals, that has a bit of an Ed Sheeran... No, you know, I get that
0: now. Like I didn't yeah. think about it at all, but thinking on it now as I'm talking about it, yeah, I get that.
1: And to your point about the keys, kind of that single note, you know, repetitiveness. If you go back and listen to John Carpenter scores of his films in the seventies and eighties, like the thing and escape from New York and stuff, you hear that same kind of dark synth. So for me, again, this isn't necessarily a song that I'm like itching to go listen to again, but at least it was neat and unique. I I liked this one.
0: And so this is where, I kind of feel like they didn't really know what direction they were going on this album, because they did just know, get to know each other beforehand. And it's like you had two songs that sounded quite different from each other. That I really like both of those, and then you get this, this Karen hodgepodge, yeah. and then we get this that sounds different from the other ones before. And while I, you know, I, I like a band that does that kind of thing where they mix it up on an album, they're doing it too much. To the point to where they are hurting other songs. And you know, you give me like the these like first two tracks that are taking me up, and then you bring me one that brings me way back down, and then you bring me this fourth one that just shoots me back up again. It's like, what the hell are we doing on this album?
1: Yeah, because then you get to track five, Need It.
2: So I need it. Oh. Sweet in
1: Which just sucks you right back down as low as you can go.
0: So this is one that I'll say I do like the guitar on and I do like the harmonies on it, but it, they don't do the harmonies to the point to where they did on the first track, but I do like where they did it. But this is one where I start going, okay, I got to be in a mood now. I have to be in a mood to listen to this album because The majority of the rest of this album is really good if you want to stay in your rainy Saturday funk. So,
1: the music to me, again, and I can't certain, hey, certain simple songs resonate with me, even as a musician. I can appreciate a song that's just two or three chords. If there's something about it that works for me, that is not the case here. This is just boring and dull and listless and the one spot where they could have kind of brought it up into something interesting they don't with that guitar solo (laughs) it is as simple as can be now if I can't remember the name of it, but there is a Incubus song that it's off of Crow Left of the Murder, and it's track six or seven, it's somewhere in the middle, and it's a long song. It's like seven or eight minutes long. And the song is fine. I I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's fine. But then there's this breakdown for about two minutes in the middle. where uh mike Isinger or whatever yeah how do you
0: pronounce his last name i don't fully really know
1: lord knows how does this i'm really, sure mike knows how but go on Maybe uh does this really really weird guitar solo and if you listen to it again not even as just a guitar player just as a casual music fan you can hear ooh, some of those notes don't don't belong do they He's not playing in the correct key. He's doing something to mix it up a little bit. Hmm? There is no risk-taking here. It is literally very basic chords, very slow rhythm, and then a simple, simple little guitar solo. So for me, there's just nothing interesting happening on this song.
0: No, the song is called Need It, and I need it to be done. I need it to be done. Which is
1: funny, because track six give up the first line of my notes is I'm about ready to
2: we just give up. Yeah, we <laughs> so
0: so this was one where the brushes were used in a way they're not supposed to be And this is one that I wouldn't be surprised if he just goes through brushes on a tour just over and over again. But (laughs) that guitar on this track is all Radiohead. The vocals are somewhere between Jeff Buckley and Tom York from Radiohead. This song is a Radiohead song with brushes. That's it. That That's what I hear on this song. So I said, I, I'm literally going to read
1: what my notes say. Okay, This sounds like a slightly more upbeat version of No More Losing the War. And that drummer must have a very clean snare drum from using those brushes so damn much. <laughs> He it, I, it,
0: he probably does. I don't know.
1: I'm not as well versed in Radiohead as you, so I will take your word for it. But overall, yeah, nothing, nothing doing
0: for me on this one. So this is one that I I do like this song, but I have to be in a certain mood. Again, I got to be in a certain mood. I cannot just pull out most of this album when I want to because it's not going to fit the moment. You know, like I said, there's first two tracks, and then the. Uh, The She Wants to Know, track four, yeah, I'm all in. But the rest of this, it's like, come on, man. And I don't feel like he, the vocalist, he is really stretching himself and pushing himself past doing what he knows. You know, not trying to explore where he is, because he's obviously got a really good voice. Mm -hmm. But he's not pushing his voice further than than his his little box which is Jeff Buckley and Tom York
1: so you had mentioned that the first couple songs and then she wants to know you're you're kind of in and then you sort of get to that you got to be in the mood for it right track seven Judgment
2: yeah 100%, 1,000%
1: my favorite song on the album because it sounds nothing like the rest of the album. It sounds like 311. There is so much similarities to 311 on this song that it is ridiculous. The guitar tone, the moog synth, the rhythm, all of it. It sounds like a 311 song and I love it. Oh yeah,
0: the guitar is is great here. I do feel like the vocals do end up becoming pitchier as the song goes along, but I don't hear so much 311 that you're talking about but you've also listened to a lot more 311 you're much more well versed in 311 than I am, but that guitar actually reminds me of the guitar on uh, I had the Christmas song in my head actually up until I started talking about it rock Around the Christmas Tree because it's just, you know like little bits and then he gets a little guitar solo hey. And the thing about it is, because the, the guitar is so sparse, the guitar mm-hmm. solo is unexpected. But then he gets a third one. <laughs> so- he, gets, he gets several. And the third one is better than, than the first one, by far.
1: So I, I made sure to write it down just so I, I would have the reference points. But the rhythm and sort of the overall vibe of the song reminded me of Crack the Code from 311's album Evolver.
2: Watch out it's still like a dog between ourselves
1: which came out in 2003 so 10 years earlier and then the little guitar lick that you're talking about especially with the tone as well reminded me a lot of lose from grassroots which was 1994 <laughs> Because it's that whole album by 311 Grassroots is is mixed and produced oddly. Like it has a very distinct sound. It's like a little too overdriven, but that's what the guitar sounds like on this song. But this is the only song they they do any of that. This is the only song on the album that has this kind of a rhythm that has that kind of uh, tone on the guitar. This sticks out like a sore thumb. I like it. I think it's probably the best song on the record for my personal tastes. But
0: so if you if you notice on this album every time they shake it up and they do something real different from before, it's a great song. But yep. it's when they stick to that sound that is somebody else's that it's not a good song because like they're trying to emulate somebody else instead of trying to emulate themselves and that never comes off as genuine. And it's a good song, but I kind of look at it and go, cool. You're doing somebody else. Yeah,
1: I agree. I agree. And then as if like they want to punish me for having a good time and enjoying a song, track eight, unofferable. Which is not a word, by the way. Good God, what a terrible song. Like, this is just slow, draggy nonsense. And then, just like Karen on track three, this harmonica comes flying into your face. And I hate it. It is so high above the mix that it like pierces my ear. I don't like this one. I was having I was thinking okay, you you put some songs at the front that kind of lend themselves to this genre that you're going for. You've shown some flashes of some uniqueness now. Maybe the back half is going to pick up a little bit and then ooh, ooh, this one I
0: don't like this one. Okay. Yeah, I don't like it either. I'm just gonna Okay. Yeah, Make no, 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 you're good. No, the thing about it is we have talked about how albums, especially of the heavier variety, need the slowdown song. So yes. you're not uh, tiring out your listeners. This album does not need a slowdown song. It it doesn't. Oh. This this song or this album has been a slowdown album, except for the few bright spots that it's had. Yeah. And for you to give a song this slow on an album like this, I cannot forgive you. I do like the harmonics on this song and the harmonica, but this track does not pick up or wow in any way whatsoever. Anyway, yeah,
1: like we, we've talked about this before where a band can have dynamics and they can have a slow part. And sometimes those dynamics aren't always within a song. They're within the, full structure of the album. Right. And so you have slow draggy parts because they're building into a big thing. Or vice versa. You kick off the song fun and upbeat and then you slow it down in different parts. But when you go on for three, four, five minutes and there's no dynamics and you just stay in that mood, I I get bored fast. Even even on a heavy song, even on a fast song. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to go for four or five minutes, you got to mix it up a little bit. And to me, the only thing they did in this song to try that is blasting you with a harmonica. And I, I, I don't, I don't think it works.
0: So I will say that his voice does sound more original here. His voice does sound more along his voice, but why do we have to slow it down so much? Just, to get these things. I don't want to say that every slow song is bad, because it's not. They're they're not. No. They're not. If if you're giving me a good song, you give me a good song. I don't care how fast it is. If you're giving me a bad song, you're giving me a bad song. If you've yeah. given me a bunch of bad songs before, guess what? That bad song is not gonna help anything that happened before on your album. And this one doesn't do anything to add to this album in any way whatsoever. Agreed. So Now, there were two releases of this album, and this track is the one track that was left off. I don't really know why there were two releases of this album, because I don't feel like it was needed. But I would like to hear the other album that doesn't have this, because this song hurts this album.
1: I mean, it's not that I disagree with you, because I do think the song sucks, but... I got that part. I, I got that you felt that way but to me it's not any more egregious than two or three of the other songs we've already heard that were slow and boring. So this one
0: like, <laughs> this one hurt almost.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate that we we agree on that, but for me this doesn't sound any more meh than some of the other
0: meh I've already had to sit through. Oh, I felt like I felt like this meh was worse because this was their meh and
1: <laughs> well, and I will say uh, and I and I stand by this as well. Judgment, I was having such a good time that when this one starts, it's like, I I really did feel like it was a personal attack.
0: I don't, I don't think I took any of this album personal, but (laughs) you know, uh, the only thing that personal about it was that I took my own time to listen to this, you know?
1: Yes. Hours. I will never get back.
0: (laughs) Yep. So speaking of hours that you'll never get back, let's talk about drugs and the song drug you, which is number eight to some releases and nine to others, but we're just going to go with, uh, with drug you. The album needed a pickup, needed to pick back up after the last song. And it did for a real quick minute. (laughs) And then the song lost the momentum that it created in the beginning. And then that's when I lost the momentum of listening to the song because you know, like I said, when I was younger, when I first found the album, I was like, oh, this is a great album. And now I'm like, nope, no, nope, you're not keeping up with with what needs to happen here. And again, gave us some momentum and then everything was lost and it never really came back.
1: It's funny how you and I will say things similarly and and also different. Like, so, for example, let, let me tell you what happened when I heard this song the first time. While I was listening to the song, my computer lost signal. I just got booted off the internet for a minute. And so it stopped around the one forty section. Are you,
0: are you still using dial-up over there?
1: A- Apparently. And it stopped around 1 minute and 41 seconds. And I thought, okay, you know, that little little guitar lick at the top was, was kind of neat, but it was starting to get repetitive. And, okay, this is just like a minute and a half little thing you know, interlude thing, whatever, it, it's fine. And then I refreshed my computer and realized, oh, oh, it, it just, it the internet dropped out. There's two more minutes to this song. Yeah. And that doo-doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo-doo, never stops. Mm-hmm. Nope, nope, get this out of here. Get this out of here. I don't like this. Like, I don't mind a song using a motif from start to finish if it's either in the mix or it adds to something. But this literally is just like, they came up with this cool little guitar line and they were like, Hey, should this be in the verse or should this be in the chorus? Or do we just save it for like the intro and the bridge? And they went, yeah. And then they just put it in the whole damn song.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) I felt like, you know, again, the momentum in the beginning of the song it's like they didn't keep it moving. It's like they they kept that same, that that guitar sound you're talking about, but it's like the rest of the song just kind of took a dive and it was like they kept that as like, hey, this is what we want you all to hear, what you've been hearing for the last three minutes. Yeah. So, yeah. Drug You was not something that I particularly Mm -hmm. enjoyed, was not a track I enjoyed. And then to give me that after Unoperable... Ugh. Yeah, Not a word, just saying Still not a word No, but there's lots of words that are not words that we use So I'm not going to pick apart a part of song title Off of an album I mean, when's the last time you I used don't... Evolver Outside of a 311 title I use it all the time Bullshit <laughs> <laughs> Bullshit Alright, so now let's talk about Nerve
2: Man, You got a lot of nerve And I just don't know what you do
0: I can tell by your face already you don't like this one
1: i don't hate this one right i like that they mixed up the beat a little it has it's still four four but it has a little bit of like a waltz to it yeah um there's also this little like a little note run uh that is the exact same three or four notes as the little vocal run in Dark Signs by Sleep Token. So every time I heard it, that made me happy, but also sad because I'd rather listen to Sleep Token. (laughs) There's a little bit of neat guitar flourishes thrown in there. I don't know. At at least this one was at least kind of interesting, especially, like you said, after a couple of songs in a row of just being kind of blasé. Yeah, at least it has a little bit of, something to it. I don't love it, but I
0: don't hate it. So if the majority of this album is that feeling of a rainy Saturday morning afternoon, this one actually was comfortable to me. They did mix it up. And this is one where I really feel like they were more themselves than other people trying to emulate other people. This one, actually this song would be great background music for driving around the beach with the top down. That's that's how this one feels to me. It's hard to pinpoint what I like on this one, but it's just a good vibe. I don't think it's a great song. I think it's a good feeling.
1: Well, it still has a downer feeling to
0: me. You have a downer feeling to me.
1: It's your fault for making me listen to this. I was in a good mood before you made me listen to this six times.
0: Next week, we listen to Fleet Boxes.
1: (laughs) I will quit. This will be the last episode.
0: Uh, this was still think i still take like it's the next pick, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. So, the All thing right. that you want to do is escape. <laughs> and so, we're going to talk about the next track, which is Fire Escape.
2: Take the fire, escape, run down the street to the church.
1: Okay. Okay. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. But if you're sitting at your computer, close your eyes. Imagine that you are lying in bed with your loved one several stories up in an apartment complex, but there is a killer on the loose. And you know that the killer has gotten into your apartment complex. You're trying to be quiet. You're trying to hide. Maybe they walk past your room, but you dropped a glass on the floor and it shattered. You've alerted the killer. So, you jump out the window, find the fire escape, run to the church as fast as you can. Doesn't that sound like an exciting song? Well, guess what? It isn't.
0: I'm, the guessing, best that I can I'm, tell, I'm guessing that's your feeling, your description of this song.
1: The best that I can tell, the lyrics are about a serial killer on the loose, and they somehow made it boring as shit.
0: <laughs> His voice. <laughs> his voice hits a pitch that makes me uncomfortable and hate everything on this song. I don't, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me here at all. And after listening to this song twice and knowing where this is, the two other times I listened to this album, I, I don't know, probably five other times I listened to this album, not two, but anyway, this song was coming and I didn't want it to play. I did not like it because I knew his voice was gonna make me uncomfortable. I knew this song was going to be exhausting. I do like the guitar here, but I don't like it in a way of, I want to listen to it again. I just, I like it enough to acknowledge that I like it. Okay. So if I'm going to paint a picture with, with words as eloquently as you did, Mm -hmm. good luck. Imagine you're still listening to monster. <laughs> no, this, this song is exhausting. It, it does yeah. not add anything here. His voice again, hits a pitch that makes me uncomfortable. I, I so, don't want this one.
1: So if you can't tell by no longer losing the war and fire escape here, I'm trying to make this interesting because it's not like I'm making up these ridiculous scenarios because I'm so bored and checked out. Like, again, we talked about this on some of the other records that are genres of music that just don't work for me. Lyrically, emotionally, this might mean something really deep to you. And in that case, great. But to me, the lyrics are just a gobbled story that don't make any sense there's not enough lyrics in this song to flesh out a story like i thought about that later i agree with you i don't like the way he sings i don't love the overall sound of this song but if it was two more verses and they actually fleshed out a narrative of something occurring it might have at least been interesting but as it is what am I supposed to do with this? Like there's not enough there to, to enjoy on any level for me.
0: I'm, I'm with you. Um, I'm not quite as harsh as you on this one, but yeah. I'm going to stick to, I do not like his voice here in this song on top of an album that has been a slog to get through at times that has been effort it has been work I do not need a song like this. Make this an 11-track album. Give me one song that I absolutely hated instead of at least two that I absolutely hated. Uh The other songs, I just don't really like a whole lot anymore. But the fire escape does not need to be there. This is not the track that they should have kept on both releases of this album. You know, unofferable, unescapable. So... Which brings us to track
2: 12. 21 Gun Salute. 21 Gun Salute. Yeah, I was hoping
0: we were going to say it together. (laughs) Yeah, sort of did. Okay, so 21 Gun Salute is an example of where they are doing their own thing again. And making another sound that doesn't exist anywhere else on this album. Because this is a multi-layered electro-pop song. And this album is not an electro-pop album. At all. And they introduced this sound at the very end of the album. Which if they had given us more of this sound on the album. It probably would have been better. Because then they would have gone, okay we're going to work on this sound throughout this album and develop it in different places. And then this 21 gun salute would have been one of the lesser good songs on the album, instead of being one of the better songs on a very substandard album. You know, do I still like this song? No, I don't. It's a decent closer to the album, but it's not a decent closer closer because it doesn't sound like much else there, but it's a decent closer because it's just a better song than some of the other worst songs.
1: I really don't have much to say. I I agree like I like that they they brought back the Moog synth from a couple of the earlier songs. There's a part in the middle where it it sounds like it's going to build into something but it never really does. It stays right. it stays pretty flat from start to finish again. Yep. There's no real dynamics here. And then it goes on for about a minute too long with just sort of ambient beat and synth which is fine I guess that's a good way to end the album just kind of trail off with a little bit of melody but yeah uh, this is just very middle of the road middling just doesn't really work for me either
0: yeah and that's one of my biggest criticisms of this album is you gave us a strong opener and a very okay closer I understand that you put one of your strongest songs up front, but at this point, I have forgotten about the beginning of the album.
1: Yeah, like, other than, like, honestly, if I don't know, because I really don't like No More Losing the War, which is track three. So that's right there at the top of the record. I do like She Wants to Know, which is track four.
2: Time,
1: so out of the first five, I like like one song a lot and then a little bit of the other two. And then in the middle of the record, I like Judgment a lot.
2: I got a lot of bottles on the counter
1: But I don't like anything around it. And then at the end of the record, I feel like it's just dragging. Like, I'm trying to, like, here's the honest truth I'm trying to find positive things to pull out of it. So I'm not just being a, a dick because, hey, this band and this record is far more successful than anything I've ever done. So, hey, you know, whatever. But at the same time, I just. I just don't like it. I just there's very little on this this album that I can genuinely say I liked hearing.
0: Now speaking of the success of this album, in the last episode it was actually uh briefly talked on, and I can't remember if it was actually talked about in the episode or if we talked about it in our little after episode powwow that we have. But they are fairly successful in like the Montreal area there in Canada. And then yeah. in like the uh Portland area of the U.S. and like that Pacific Northwest and then um, like around New York. And then outside of that, I haven't really found a lot of places that they have really found a home and found success aside from just the random person finding them kind of like I did. Now, I will say as far as this album goes, this album has had a lot of streams, a lot of streams. Now, Full Circle is a little over 45 million, the, that first track. But uh, Fire Escape, your favorite track on this album, is 11.3 million streams on Spotify. That's a lot more than I was ever expecting this album to have, especially knowing how much this album is is tough. And that shows me how much people in Canada, Pacific Northwest, and New York really like this album now if anybody is listening that's not in those areas and you are a fan of this one by all means reach out to me and tell me how wrong i am about how great this album is but
1: oh i would love for a listener to to write in or when we post the episode comment under it or something if this is an important album to you i want to know why like is it the lyrics? Is there something about his vocals or the music that touches you? Like, I, I'm genuinely curious because I, I'm i the first to admit when I don't like something, it's not because it sucks. It's because I, Talk. Monster, personally, oh, God, you have oh, <laughs> perfect timing. Perfect timing. No, I personally don't like it. And I try really hard to be like, hey, if you don't like it, That's fine. If I don't like it, that's fine. I try really hard to be objective, but I personally do not get it. And I don't understand what the appeal of any of this is.
0: And now monster and I, we really, we're completely opinionated in every part of this. And we will fully acknowledge that our opinions are our own opinions alone. And yeah. we are open to hearing what anybody has to say. And now anytime that one of us brings an album to the conversation, we do, you know, share our honest opinion, but we do also try to find things in it that we do like. And so this one was an album that Monster genuinely tried to find stuff in it that he liked. I had more of, um, I guess, an existential crisis with this album. I don't know, but it was, it was definitely a point of, Hey, this is one that I really liked and I don't like it as much as I used to. And so and, I had to figure and, out why that was.
1: And just a little housekeeping here. I think it was pretty cool that we ended up doing a record that wasn't, hey, I love this album, I'm presenting it to you, and vice versa. It was it was something that we both genuinely, like, yes, you were familiar with it, but you had a much different mindset coming into it than after listening to it, you know, yeah. It sort of changed the way you felt about it. And, and like I said, I've got one or two that I'm going to bring up soon. I'm going to try to do the same way. There's one that popped into my head while we were talking that I remember I loved it, but it's probably been years since I listened to it. I want to talk about it. So I'm glad that it worked out the way it did, personally. Yeah. But so anyway, I feel like we have gone on way too long for this pile of crap. <laughs> so. Would you like to give your final statement or should
0: I? Um, I'll go first. Why not? Half Moon Run shows that Canada knows guitars and harmonies. At first listen, this is a fantastic half album. Channeling Fleet Fox's Jeff Buckley Radiohead and Trauma of their early 20s, Half Moon Run shows that sometimes less is more. These influences are not as proud in the second half, which sounds like it could have been made in the moody 90s, and is too clean and underdeveloped to excite. Give me more dirt, give me more grit, give me more to hold on to, give me a reason to want a full moon run instead of just a half. What is good here absolutely kills it and makes up for what just falls apart. I gave this album a six. Okay. And I truly believe that what's good is great enough to make what fell apart just at least better.
1: Six seems awfully high. And I will say I had a number and then as we were talking about it and I started to really think about how I felt some of the times listening to this album. And then I started to think about some of the scores that I gave other albums. And so I changed my number. And so here I'll, I'll wrap it up here.
0: So the reason why I landed at six is because in talking about this, I actually dropped my score a little bit. Um, I had it at 6.5 and I just took it down to a six and I have the, uh, the, the, fortune of being able to look at the record that we're keeping of what i've given other albums and so i felt like six actually slotted according to uh, uh, slotted well according to what i've given other albums
1: so i don't have the list in front of me but i was thinking about one album in particular and thinking about yeah but i would go back and revisit that at some point and probably have a little bit of fun with it. And so I had to adjust my score accordingly. And I'll tell you what that was here in a minute.
0: Limb biscuit. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 we'll yeah. get there. <laughs> As stated before, there are two genres of music I am not a fan of. Pop indie folk stuff and sad boy emo. And oh boy, is this album a whole lot of both of those things. I am not a fan of this one. The musicians are proficient. The songs are serviceable. But for me, this is just a boring album. There are a couple of songs that I think really shine, but that's because they sound nothing like the rest of the album. I will say, some listens I could enjoy it a little more than other times, and I think that just kind of depends on what kind of mood or mindset you, you are going into it. I don't hate it, but I don't like it either. This isn't the kind of album or band that I would ever go out to listen to on my own. 1 to 10? Give it a 2.5.
0: 2.5 that is the lowest score that we have given anything.
1: I had it at a 3 and then I remembered I gave Jim Class Heroes a 3 and I was like wait a minute. Yeah I can still hear a couple of those songs on that album and kind of liked them. I cannot possibly give this the same rating that I gave that because at least two or three of those songs made me happy.
0: okay so that puts half moon runs dark eyes in the number 20th place number 20 place out of the very bottom of every album that we've done and so that actually puts it below limp biscuits results may vary at a 4.5 so half moon run dark eyes got a 4.25 with your 2.5 and my six that's (laughs) yeah that's awesome (laughs) If you wanted to tank
1: it, you tanked it. <laughs> I, You know, and I wasn't necessarily, honestly, okay, first of all, six is way higher than I thought you were going to come in at. But that's, that's how you do because like Sleep Token, you basically said, I don't think I like this album. It's all over the place. It's too slow and I don't know. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Like, <laughs> so I didn't know what you were going to say. And when you said six, I was genuinely surprised. Out the of both that- of us,
0: I like to be the wild card. <laughs>
1: The fact that this still got over four seems a little bit generous but hey it is what it is i uh i will probably never listen to this again
0: that's fine and quite honestly i don't have much of a desire to come back and listen to this album after all of this uh so monster what album are we talking about next week
1: so I feel like over the past few weeks, we have been living in emo town or at least emo adjacent. Yep. So I was ready to go way out in the left field. And so we're going to be doing 1997's living sacrifices album
0: reborn, which wow. is just a good old slash of heavy metal. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, all right, ladies and gentlemen, if you have any suggestions of albums that you would like for us to talk about, please shoot us a message on our, uh, Breakdowns for Breakfast Facebook page or dangerandsarge at gmail.com or uh, just go to uh, the internet, go to one of the Facebook, uh, one of the um, uh, social medias and search Danger and Sarge and you'll find a way to reach us there. If you want to tell us that we're wrong on this, please tell us and tell us why. Tell us why you think we're wrong. But
1: please, any other album suggestions you have that you'd like to hear us discuss and break down leave them in the comments shoot us a message definitely yep all right everybody i'm gonna get out of here because i think i have a little bit of rbf resting brunch
0: face oh all right bye everybody
2: later